You are listening to Cedar Hills Community Church in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. A place to be loved, a place to belong, and a place to serve. I'm Alan, one of the pastors at Cedar Hills Church, and I welcome all of you gathered here today, as well as all of you that are watching us uh, on a live stream. Today we're celebrating a special day we call Pentecost. Hence, we have these red curtains to represent that fire that came down from heaven on Jesus' disciples. Jesus gave birth to a movement on that first Pentecost that's meant to grow and overflow with God's love until God's love fills everything. On Pentecost, God gave us the best gift, the gift of himself, the Holy Spirit. Let's read about it in Acts chapter 2. When the day of Pentecost came, this is about seven weeks after Easter, all the believers were gathered together in one place. Suddenly there was a noise from the sky which sounded like a strong wind blowing and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like tongues of fire which spread out and touched each person there. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to talk in other languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. There were people living in Jerusalem who had come from every country of the world. When they heard this noise, a large crowd gathered. They were all excited because each one of them heard the believers talking in his own language. The miraculous bonding of folks with strange ways of talking and thinking is the big point of this story. God is reversing the ancient curse of Babel when the world was split apart into rival languages. Kids, I know you're watching today with your family and I want to ask you this question. Ude uye aune igpe atenle? What? You confused? I said, do you know Pig Latin? A pretend language you can use to keep secrets from your little brother. This can be fun for a while, but a foreign language is frustrating if you want to know what someone really feels. At Pentecost, we see God breaking the language barrier between clashing cultures and forming a single united community. God heals the divisions of our world by giving us a new language. Maybe we could even call it the language of love. But this is hard. Just think about today's headlines. Politicians blaming each other for pandemic problems. Police brutality in Minneapolis. Violence against women. China and Iran threatening war. Racial riots in L.A., Denver, Atlanta, angry arguments between rich and poor. Time after time, human pride threatens to tear down everything good in the world and rip our hearts to shreds. Humpty Dumpty sat on a wall. Humpty Dumpty had a great fall. And all the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't put Humpty together again. That little poem got it right. It's humanly impossible to fix this broken egg. 
And storytellers have talked about the problem of human pride and division for thousands of years. There's a Greek myth about a good-looking dude named Narcissus who fell in love with his own reflection and was incapable of loving anyone else. Sad to say, the reflection didn't love him back, and he ends up dying of loneliness. We do name a flower after him, but what a yucky parable of human history. So the day of Pentecost is good news for us. It unveils the immense power of Christ's resurrection to overcome loneliness and violence and greed. Being connected in a circle of care is a value that God actually built into the fabric of all created things. God is going for interdependence, and he embedded the need for unity into the physical structure of the universe. The discoveries of science reveal a creation that is composed of complementary parts, all of them meant to fit together. Kids... Let's talk about why tiny atoms bond together. We'll call these guys happy atoms, but before they're happy, they're sad. I figure most atoms want to be happy just like you and me. The idea behind happy atoms is that they like to be full. That's it, if you are an atom, you have a shell, and you want your shell to be full, Some atoms have too many electrons and want to give one or two away. Other atoms don't have enough electrons, so they go around looking for atoms who want to share. And look what happens when they start sharing. We're making these atoms happy. Is that looking okay? Yeah? Okay. Water is formed. This is what I just did. I formed a molecule of water because oxygen and hydrogen atoms need each other. By coming together, they share those electrons and make a water molecule, which becomes a basic building block for everything else that lives. Did you realize that more than half your body is actually water? Millions of these chemical reactions are going on inside of you. Millions and millions of happy atoms. (laughs) Are they all happy? Hope I got all the happy faces out there, okay. (laughs) They're holding you together keeping you moving, the happy atoms. God meant it that way for things to connect, to give us life. Let's move from the microscope to the telescope, and we see the same thing. Vast solar systems held together by gravity, planets revolving around unnumbered suns to exist the world's need to be connected. Coming back to Earth, have you thanked a cornstalk lately, or a tree, or a blueberry bush? We humans need the products of nature to give us energy. We can't exist independently. 
We're dependent on the bonds we make with nature and that nature makes with us. Life depends on all sorts of social bonding too. Herding, swarming, flocking, and especially mating. The mystery of the birds and the bees comes from the heart of a loving creator because all things need to be connected. Now kids, don't go away too far because I have a special story for you at the end of my sermon. The Bible tells us that God is love. This led philosopher Pierre Teilhard de Chardin to conclude love is the affinity which links and draws together the elements of the world. Love, and he means God's love, in fact, is the agent of universal synthesis. I like that word, synthesis. Pulling it together. In other words, Teilhard thought Christ is the hidden power who holds everything together. What he called Christification of the universe. I love that word too, Christification. Christ everywhere. And on Pentecost, now the day we're celebrating this morning, Christ gave gifts to Christify our shattered lives and our broken society and put everything back together. We are all parts of that enormous jigsaw puzzle that Amy is building. Christ is building an even better one. And each one of us is an indispensable part of that. In Paul's letter to the Ephesians, Paul creates the boldest metaphor of all to make clear God's unifying plan. The church, he says, is the body of Christ. The human body is an amazing example of unity in diversity, how God achieves his creative purpose by connecting stuff, all kinds of stuff. As the old spiritual says, the toe bones connected to the ankle bone, ankle bones connect to the shin bone, and so on, all the way up and down the body. All our parts, all our organs are made to operate interdependently. The heart depends on the lungs and vice versa. You can't imagine a finger or stomach functioning by itself. And the diverse parts are held together by the brain and nervous system. So the body of Christ is Paul's primary picture of salvation throughout the letter of Ephesians. Let's see how he develops this idea. Because if we want to grasp Paul's great vision of salvation, we need to review the letter and look at the brushstrokes he lays down step by step in each chapter. I'll be condensing. Don't worry about the details. Just listen for the recurring ideas like union with Christ, bringing all things together, one body, one head, one people, one God who works all in all, filling the whole universe, stuff like that. Here we go. Ephesians 1. Let us give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Listen. For in our union with Christ, he has blessed us by giving us every spiritual blessing. Even before the world was made, God had already chosen us to be his through his, here it is, union with Christ. God's plan, which he will complete when the time is right, is to bring, listen, all creation together, everything in heaven, everything on earth, with Christ as head. Wow. 
More from Ephesians 1. I pray that your minds may be opened to know how very great is God's power at work in us. This power working in us is the same as the mighty strength which he used when he raised Christ from death. God has put all things under Christ's feet and gave him to the church as the supreme Lord over all things. The church is Christ's body, the completion of him, listen, who completes all things everywhere. Ephesians 2. Now, listen, in union with Christ, you who used to be far away have been brought near by the sacrificial death of Christ. For Christ himself has brought us peace by making Jews and Gentiles, listen, making them one people by means of the cross. He united both races into one body and brought us back to God. Ephesians 3. In times past... Mankind was not told this secret, but God has revealed it now by his spirit. The secret is that the Gentiles have a part with the Jews in God's blessing. They are members of the same body and share in the same promise that God made through Jesus Christ. Ephesians 4. Preserve the unity which the spirit gives you by means of the peace that binds you together. There is one body, one spirit, one God and Father of all, who is Lord of all, works through all, and is in all. Each one of us has received a special gift in proportion to what Christ has given. As Scripture says, when he went up to the very heights, he took many captives with him and gave gifts to people. Now the one who came down is the same one who went up above and beyond the heavens to fill the whole universe. How much? To fill the whole universe with his presence. This is Paul's beautiful picture of the body of Christ. It highlights the miracle of Christ's bond with us and the bonds we have with each other. It means that Christ is really present with us as close as our head is to our body. It means that salvation restores our broken relationships, both vertically and horizontally. It means the church is an expanding movement of love that will eventually fill every nook and cranny of the universe. Early Christians thought the crucifix with bleeding arms stretched out to embrace all was a sign of God's unlimited mercy. If so, we're just the beginning of Christ's plan to unite all things. Ephesians 4 again. It was Christ who appointed some to be apostles, others to be prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. He did this to prepare all God's people for the work of Christian service in order to build up the body of Christ. And so we shall all come together to that oneness of faith and knowledge of the Son of God, speaking the truth in the spirit of love, we must grow up in every way into Christ, who is the head, under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together, and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it's provided. So when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up 
through love. Is love the thing that, by which God synthesizes the whole universe? I think Paul would say, amen. The metaphor of Christ's body portrays several aspects of our connection with God and each other. First one is we need Christ. The head is the source of the body's energy. Without the head, the body is powerless. In fact, it's dead. Christ told us, without me, you can do nothing. We are made for partnership with God, and nothing else will ever complete us. Thank God, Jesus is always with us. He's pulling us toward God with a force more powerful than the gravity that holds galaxies together. He's drawing us with a love stronger than the magnetism that bonds atoms in their millions. In God, we live and move and have our being. Jesus says, come, follow me, abide in me. We participate in God's plan of unification through faith and repentance, daily turning away from our ignorance toward his wisdom, away from our inability toward his power and strength. Every morning, Jan and I spend a few minutes abiding in Christ. Every week, I meet with some brothers to practice following Christ together. As we hear the voice of Jesus in Scripture and converse in him, with him in prayer, we are filled with divine power that transforms and connects us brick by brick by brick into a living temple, a body where God's spirit dwells. That brings us to the second aspect of body life. To access the power of that head, we have to be connected to each other. Every part of the body needs the electric impulse that comes from the brain but no part is able to process that energy by itself. My foot needs a heart and lungs and stomach all working together to get the life it needs. If my foot is cut off from my leg, it's cut off from the head as well. Paul tells us that the risen Jesus is doing something to help his body grow into maturity. He sends prophets and apostles and pastors and teachers for a specific purpose to help us see how much God loves us and to build up our love for each other, to pass around the spiritual gifts and equip us to serve our neighbor, to nurture an environment where we belong to God and each other. These spiritual gifts are just channels for the presence of Jesus in his body, all the gifts of the Spirit come from the risen Jesus. Paul says they're distributed. No one has all the gifts. God wants us to depend on each other. It takes a village, you might say, to fully experience Christ's healing love. Some are equipped in special ways to grow the body, but all of us are called to channel the Spirit given at Pentecost. Examples, recently Jan and I have been blessed by the prayer meetings we've been having Wednesday night on Zoom. And thanks a lot to Steve for his leadership in these meetings. And so many people that have come into that prayer meeting 
um, and have prayed for me, and, and I've been just so blessed and, and built up by those prayers. Another example, uh, after church today, our open table group is going to have its first meeting, uh, a barbecue in Roger's backyard, our first meeting for several months. And we're all looking forward to that chance to see each other's smile and hear each other's encouraging words. Another example, worship together in this sanctuary is going to start again next Sunday. That's wonderful. Uh, I was recently having a chat with my neighbor, and he was telling me how much he missed connecting with Christ because he was also not able to attend his church. And he says, you know, every, every Sunday I go to receive the sacrament, which for him means the very body of Jesus, and that's how he connects with his Lord. And I, I appreciate his feeling of that loss of not being able to connect with Jesus. But I had a little different interpretation. I said, you know, I also feel that, that need. I said, for me, the thing I, that I miss the most is connecting with my brothers and sisters who have Jesus living in their hearts and who bless me by their presence. A personal note, I'm grateful that God has called me to be part of the pastoral team here at Cedar Hills the past six years. Although I'm retiring, quote-unquote, at the end of May, Jan and I look forward to continuing our precious friendship with you in the days to come. With God's help, we will still be serving together with you because this is where we belong. Your love completes us. That brings us to the third aspect of body life. Not only do we need Christ and need each other, but Christ needs us. When Jesus lived among us, he used his physical presence to supply our material needs. C.S. Lewis said that God must love matter because he made so much of it. Jesus certainly cared deeply for the material world. He healed the sick, cast out demons, fed the hungry, clothed the naked, touched lepers, gave dinner parties for lost souls, reconciled enemies, and shed tears for the hurting. And before he went back to heaven, he told his disciples this. He says, I'm not going to leave you alone. I promise to come back and live inside of you, continue my saving work through you, because Jesus still cares about the broken creation. That's why he gave the Spirit at Pentecost so he can always be physically present in the world, now even more than during his earthly ministry. He still heals the sick and throws dinner parties through you and me and millions of all those people that are part of his body around the world. Here's how Teresa of Avila put it. She said that Christ has no body now but yours, no hands, no feet on earth but yours. Yours are the eyes through which he looks with compassion on the world. Yours are the feet with which he walks about to do good. Yours are the hands through which he blesses all the world. You are his body. Christ has no body on earth but yours. Okay, kids, I have a story for you. I've saved this one for the last. Jesus said, look at the birds and you will see God's love. Jan and I like to walk around Cedar Lake And one day we saw something that was scary at first, but then incredibly beautiful. Four big geese were watching over 
their goslings as they browsed for bugs. Suddenly a hawk swooped down and grabbed a baby in its talons. He thought he'd get away with a tasty breakfast. But the big geese fought the hawk and made him drop his prey. Then they surrounded the goslings in a tight circle of protection. Jesus said, look at the birds. They need God's wisdom to know what to do, don't you think? To protect their fragile babies, they need each other too. And God needs them. Like all created things, they too are part of the transformed and transforming body that reveals God's glory. As Christ's body, we are part of his great plan of unification. Following Christ, we're in sync with the stars and the trees, the atoms and the breeze, the birds and the bees, and the yous and the me's. In Christ, we are a new creation. By his irresistible power, he is connecting us with cords that cannot be broken. We are his forever family, loved by the creator who works through all and in all. The Lord be with you. Let's bow our heads for a moment as we pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful picture that you've given us through your Apostle Paul. He's one of the saints that you used to build us up in unity and in faith to understand, have our eyes opened of what a great and glorious plan you have for us. Lord, may we uh, treasure these things, hold fast to the good news of your plan of salvation and grace until we all see the fulfillment of your great unification plan. We pray it in Christ's name. Amen. Thank you for listening. We pray you are blessed by today's message. If you'd like to support the ministry of Cedar Hills, please visit our website, www.cedarhillscr.org.